Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, hey, the Celtics lost. Oh, and uh, apparently the Lakers' first choice was not Darvin Ham. I'll have a few thoughts here on the uh, game two between the Warriors and Celtics here in a second. But in terms of Lakers news here, it is worth noting, according to Mark Stein, that Darvin Ham was not their first coach and that they went as far as to basically offer the gig to Jawan Howard. Here's what uh, Stein had to say in his stub stack. Quote, the most interesting thing I've heard while we wait for Ham's official introduction is that, according to the latest buzz in league coaching circles, Michigan's Jawan Howard was the Lakers' preferred candidate among various coaches to whom they were linked who were under contract elsewhere and thus ultimately unavailable, ahead of Philadelphia's Doc Rivers and Utah's Quinn Snyder. Uh, quick aside here, Snyder is now available. Stein continues, quote, the Lakers, I'm told, made such strong overtures toward Howard that the implication was clear. The job was his if he wanted it. As covered here on May 2nd, Howard made it clear in turn throughout the Lakers' 47-day search that, despite his long associations with both James and Lakers Vice President of Basketball Operations Rob Palenka, he had no interest in leaving the college, leaving behind the college game at Michigan and the opportunity to coach Suns Jace and Jet next season, end quote. So um, a few things on this. One, the Lakers had previously, uh, look, Juwan Howard, I believe, was ahead of Frank Vogel previously when they, were, when, when they last had a job opening. So the Lakers have always liked the thought of Howard as an NBA head coach. Um, he obviously has, like Stein points out, those ties to LeBron. Uh, Rob Palenka knows Juwan in a very personal sense, seeing as the two were both on those Fab Five teams. Uh, so it, it kind of makes sense that this is somebody that the Lakers would be interested in uh, as he has ties to people throughout the organization. And really importantly here, uh, ties to both sides of the kind of Lakers v. Clutch dynamic. Um, it, this doesn't take away, by the way, from the fact that they are confident in Darvin Ham. It's I, I wouldn't, so the Lakers hired Frank Vogel last time after Monty Williams basically got sick of waiting for him and went and worked for Robert Sarver, after the Lakers basically lowballed Teron Liu, after they, uh, with Jason Kidd, did not want to be the team that gave him his first head coaching opportunity after the way things had gone in his coaching career, and because of some of the off-court issues that he was that the Lakers wound up being asked about when Frank Vogel was hired anyway. Um, and then, and then Howard was, was apparently and reportedly at the time, uh, linked to the Lakers before they eventually arrived on Frank Vogel. Now it worked out with Frank, right? They go through that kind of weird process. They wind up hiring Frank Vogel. That team is super talented. It was super connected. The, uh, roster and coach meshed, meshed perfectly and they wind up winning a championship. Unfortunately, from the front office uh, from that point forward, though, didn't really understand or seem to understand what made that team special, and they sprinted in the opposite direction of that team's identity, that team's culture, and and you know now find themselves trying to 
revitalize what it was that made that championship team special. So, uh, again, like you can go through bad process and still land on, on good results. Um, and I think this process before they led to Darvin ham that, that led to Darvin ham's hiring, it was fine. I, you know, they, they cast a wide net. They checked in on various, uh, situations and various coaches and they sought the availabilities of coaches who um, might be under contract, but you know you might be able to find a way around that should the situation call for it after they figured out that either the coach in 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 Howard's case was not interested or you know I think Snyder kind of falls into that same category after they found out that Masai Ujiri wasn't going to let Nick Nurse go um, and after they found out that Daryl Morey wasn't going to fire Doc Rivers, they moved on and they went with Darvin Ham. And, you know, they still, I think, arrived at the top available candidate that was actually on the market. Now, does that mean that Ham is going to work out? No, not necessarily. Luke Walton was the top candidate available at the time that they hired him. Uh, you never know how things are, these things are going to go. What is really important here, though, is that they provide a situation where Ham can succeed. I've talked about that basically since they hired him, and and I, I think this next press conference that Rob Polinka and Darvin Ham are going to have in a few hours, maybe by the time you guys are listening to this, um, is going to be really telling about what both parties envision that situation might look like. You know there are going to be questions asked about Russell Westbrook. You know there are going to be questions asked about, uh, you know, where things went wrong last year and the year prior. You know there are going to be questions asked about, hey, Darvin, are you going to get uh, com- full commitment from LeBron and or Anthony Davis? So, look, the Lakers are going to have this press conference, and they're going to introduce somebody that they're very excited, I think, based on everything that I've heard. Uh, they are very excited to have Darvin Ham. That doesn't, however, mean that at various points before they hired him that they weren't interested in coaches who have stronger resumes right now at this stage of their careers than Darvin has right now. Maybe Ham's resume enhances over the years and hopefully does so with the Lakers. Um, but the fact that Jawan Howard, who helped turn around the University of Michigan, has been hugely successful there, has ties to LeBron, has ties to Palenka. It doesn't shock me at all that the Lakers were once again interested in this guy. Um, It would have shocked me if they weren't, is how I'll put that. In the end, though, he decided that he wanted to stay at Michigan and continue to, to build on the success that he's had to this point. The opportunity to coach his sons, obviously, is a is a huge draw for him. And, and now both parties just kind of move forward as their paths ask them to do. All right, so game two uh, ended just a little bit ago before I started recording here and watching it, you know, once again, yet another blowout in these playoffs. Um, we got the numbers from game one in this series. Apparently the ratings are, are kind of down there. I would imagine that arguably the, the, the most boring conference finals ever probably played a part in in interest being down in game one of these finals. Um, it'll be it, it'll be interesting to see what the numbers look like here for game two. And then it'll be really interesting to see what the numbers look like heading into game three, 
when both teams are going to be in basically what must win mode. I, I, I think this is a really tight series. You don't want to give any kind of game away. Boston can't lose because you don't want to just immediately cough up home court advantage. Golden State can't lose because you don't want to give Boston back momentum after the smackdown that you just laid. So it's going to be really interesting to see um, what what everybody's reaction to yet another blowout is going to be. Um, in terms of the actual basketball here, I thought a couple things were interesting, and, and a couple things really kind of stood out to me from Game 2. One, that once again, you know, you would kind of look at the game and Jordan Poole gets into it and plays a key role. And his key role the, the, that he played was a couple knockout punches with some pretty astronomical uh, shot attempts that went in, you know. And, 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 you know, Aaron and I talked about this. If Poole is going to be in there, he has to be incredible offensively to make up for what, he, what, you, what you give up by playing him defensively. I thought Steph was once again special um, in in terms of his kind of management of the game and his ability to throw counter punches whenever Boston looked like they were kind of develop, developing a little bit of, of momentum. Um, Boston's approach here was, I, I thought they got kind of frazzled. I thought kind of the biggest moment in, in the game was when... I would imagine everybody from Boston thought that they um, were probably going to get Draymond Green out of the game um, after his kind of tussle with uh, Jalen Brown. And I thought from that point forward, the refs called it a little bit tighter. The rhythm of the game just kind of went haywire and the Warriors hit enough shots to just kind of end it early. Um, so, so I, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of worth noting here. I I will say like, I'm not here rooting for players, especially key players to get thrown out of the game, but I can't imagine very many players last after picking up that first tee that, that Draymond got and then getting into kind of a shoving match with Jalen Brown. Uh, I understand like Steve Javi actually basically lent voice to the idea that like well because Draymond has one T you can't quite throw him out on a double um I that feels very specific to Draymond uh and and I you know if I was if I was on Boston's side if I was on that Boston roster I'd probably be kind of wondering all right so when he picks up a T he just like doesn't get his second one is that is that what's kind of going on there um but regardless Draymond finishes out the game. Uh, the Warriors finish out the Celtics fairly handily here in game two. And they both head to Boston with the series just kind of up in the air. That's kind of what we were hoping for. Um, go Warriors still, I guess. Ugh. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Make sure you guys check out uh, Jacob Rude and Christian Rivas for the last time. On the Can You Dig It podcast, Christian is moving on to cover soccer for Fox Sports. We are seriously going to miss him, so you're going to want to check that out. Um, And then a little bit later today, I'm actually going to hopefully be talking to a good buddy of mine. I don't want to give it up. I don't like to jinx whoever is coming on, as you guys probably know if you've been listening for a long while. But uh, if things work out, I think you're really going to enjoy that, uh, the conversation that we should be having here 
in a bit and then we're right back to covering a really fun finals and getting you guys ready for the rest of the Lakers offseason. So until all of that, until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.